Hello and welcome to Unlock Your Vitality with Magali on a Journey. I'm your host, Magali Matthew. Here we cover all things vitality, that is living full of energy. From gut health to spirituality, nutrition to movement, we peel back the layers and unlock ways to heal and feel our best selves, one conscious habit at a time. Stick around, let's dive on in. I'm so excited you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the show. I'm so excited for this week's guest. We have Amy Sillens, the founder of Hens with Heart, which is the first and only platform dedicated to sustainable and socially responsible hen parties. You might know them as bachelorettes. Uh, Amy founded Hens with Heart to help make it easy to do things for others and for the good of the world when you celebrate getting married. Amy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. It's also very timely as I literally just came back from a wedding. So I feel like I'm full into this mode. And I wanted to start this with telling you a little story of what one of the things she did at the wedding, which I thought was so special. And it includes single girls, which is why I'm bringing it up. So, you know, in the wedding, a lot of times they do like the throwing of the bouquet. I personally chose not to do it because I felt like it's always a bit cringy and like, I don't know, yeah. it creates awkwardness. She had counted exactly how many uh, single women there were. And then it was actually a separate bouquet of individual white roses. And when she threw them, they all like spread out and each girl ended up with one rose, which I thought was just so beautiful. So beautiful. That's so thoughtful. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, me too. I've never Me neither. It was such a cool experience. All right. So that gives people a little glimpse of um, where we're going with this. But tell us about your story. How did you get here? How did you launch Hens with Heart? Excited to hear about it all. Well, I suppose, how did I get to launching it? I would start with describing a little bit of my own background and my relationship with giving back and volunteering. Um, and I basically have done various types of volunteering myself in my own personal life for maybe nearly 10 years now. It's something that I've always just been interested in doing. And it through my kind of professional career and corporate job, um, we did a lot of volunteering through work as well. So it was something that was always super on my radar, this idea of giving back in kind of a fairly significant way. And well, quite predictably, I was at a hen party on a weekend about four years ago, I think, and um, was just looking around at the group of women. There was about 20 of us staying together. And it just kind of suddenly dawned on me, like, oh my gosh, we have so many people here over this one weekend. We've honestly spent so much money mm -hmm. and we've you know, spent so much time together. Like, is there not a way that we can take even a little bit of this weekend when we get together to celebrate to give some of that or put some of that towards something that's really positive and that's passing on something positive for other people. Um, so for me, the volunteering aspect of that is um, something I really care for. And I found that to be a very interesting journey on this project, discovering how much volunteering can be easy and can be really fun and lovely and doesn't have to be what you imagine it to be. Um, but then that also couples with just in general, anything that 
is about kind of maybe taking care of the planet or giving back. So when you're creating these kinds of celebrations, just thinking about how can we make them sustainable? How can we avoid generating extra waste or, or sort of single use waste? The weekends are generally, I think, hem weekends positive in terms of the mood that you have with everybody around but like how can we really level up that positivity it can go further than just like being contained within that group of people who are together I think it can really radiate outwards as well yeah I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. I'm also really excited to have this conversation because a lot of this audience is around the age when um, they might be planning a wedding themselves, getting married or having friends around them that they're planning um, hen dues. And for if it wasn't clear for anybody listening, a hen is a bachelorette party. But one thing that I personally experienced being in that space last year is um the intensity of this like picture perfect social media role that sometimes you feel like your bachelorette or Hindu should look like. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I think that's super interesting. And I think that like, I see it more and more how it obviously it goes way beyond just bachelorettes and hen parties. And by the way, if you Maybe I'll comment as well. I'm British and it's only in the UK where we use the term Hindu or hen party. <laughs> so that's why we are using that word a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, it it's infiltrated our lives in so many ways. This kind of Instagram like influencer um, sort of if you didn't post a picture of it, it didn't happen kind of thing. I don't know. I think that like we end up just striving for things that, you know, we see from like celebrities and really high profile influences that are perhaps, perhaps one like a little unattainable and it can become very stressful in trying to create that image for yourself when you're so fixated on yeah. what that should be for you rather than actually focused on being super present and being there at your own party, your own event and just enjoying it. And I think that we, you know, we all know that we do that these days. We experience a lot of life through our camera lens and like rather than just there living in the moment. I think there's that element that really can be distracting. Um, and also like going back to that sort of sustainability aspect of it, I think then there's really the temptation to create these images that we want to share online or replicate what we've seen online, meaning that we do acquire a lot of new stuff mm -hmm. in order to achieve that and I think with hen weekends um it can be particularly prevalent in terms of you know all the different kinds of accessories that you might want I mean and I'm not saying don't do it of course like get a veil and a hat and, and a sash and whatever it is and if it means something to you you definitely should but you know all the different outfits and the matching outfits and the themed outfits and everything and it's great because they do look really good in photos and it's really impactful. It's not about not doing that, but it's maybe about thinking a little bit harder or more carefully about how could we maybe achieve this in a way that means that we're not going to go to Primark or like the cheapest store to buy these outfits that we know that we're never going to wear again. Can we actually find those secondhand? Um, you know, if you are in that moment in your life where lots of your friends are all getting married and doing and going through this same thing, just sort of maybe together saying we're going to group together all of these kind of bridals. It's essentially they're single use accessories because hopefully you only get married once. <laughs> so you literally wear it once. It's like so single use that sense like we're in a nice way we hope it is single you 
<laughs> but I think that means that we should also maybe pool it and we can just reuse and share those things as well between each other. Yeah. I love that idea of sharing and reusing. Um, I had a friend, we actually, for her bachelorette, we did buy those like, um, you know, the photo op little things. Um, I don't even know what they're called, but as they're like little shapes and things that you're like holding with a stick and made very fun photo opportunities. And she was like, oh, this is perfect. I'll use it for my wedding, um, for the photo booth that we have. So like, that was a small example of, we did buy it and we knew that it was going to make her super happy to have those. And right away, she was like, oh, this is something that I can actually reuse. Yeah, good. And I think there's something really sweet in like that moment of reusing it that like it's kind of sentimental because you pass it on or, you know, you see those things again and you say, oh, do you remember when we used them last time at your party or, or whatever it is? And there can be something also quite sweet in that when you're passing it on between your own friendship group. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we started talking about social media and then going into that sustainability part. I think, unfortunately, it is like social media does push you to consume, right? And to buy all the like cool tattoos and as you said, single use, um, whatever it is, whether it's like the little straws or like it goes, there's so, it's such a huge industry. There's so many options out there. Um, so what are other ways that people can think about their bachelorette or Hindu from a sustainability point of view being like you, you mentioned some examples of, you know, reusing and passing things on. What else can people do in the way that they're thinking about creating, uh, this special time for the bride? I mean, so I think, yeah, what we've touched on so far is sort of in the, like maybe fashion and accessories, props category of of it and yeah like I think anything yeah in terms of reusing or acquiring secondhand is great and I think another big aspect of hemp parties is like finding things for people to do and having activities for everybody especially if you're there for a full weekend together I mean you do need to find things to do um and maybe being a bit more mindful about like again, what are the kinds of activities that we can find to do together like you know typical things are like making flower crowns or going to some sort of crafting workshop where you produce jewelry or um, tote bags or I don't know, whatever it is that's your interest. Um, but maybe again, just like being a bit more, putting in a little extra effort and being a bit more mindful about like, what is going to be the result of the activity that we do? Is it, are we ultimately kind of mm -hmm. making things that generate trinkets that we probably are not going to on it. Like I'm being a little cynical, but like maybe you're not really going to share and it's just fun for the experience. And, or like, you know, can I find a sustainable florist who sources their mm. flower sustainably uses stuff that's just in season and just take a little bit of extra responsibility in the, in the selections that I make um, when I'm finding things for everyone to do together. Um, so, yeah, I think there's that that aspect, which also helps you to be, I think, like there's that aspect that helps you to just be a bit more considered in the way that you plan in order to be sustainable. Um, and then I think the other one is just thinking about afterwards, often, especially if you've gone on the kind of hen weekend where you've all stayed together in a big house you've probably, ha you know, inevitably, or you have to feed everyone, inevitably you generate um, a certain amount of waste. It's very difficult to cater for large groups. There's usually stuff left over. So just being careful in terms of like 
what do we do with any leftover stuff? Can we find a local food bank or something or, or homeless shelter to give this stuff to? Just making sure that we really pass things on so that they don't entirely go to waste. Um, much as we probably do more in our day to day lives, but at some it can feel like maybe a little bit too much effort at the end of a hen weekend. Everyone's probably a bit tired, perhaps hungover. Um, or what they want is to just get home. But my suggestion would be fat, like plan that in in advance so that you aren't researching that on Sunday morning when everyone just wants to get in the car and drive home. Like you can have already factored that in. If there's anything left over, we've identified this is the place where we're going to go to drop it off. Yeah. I love the aspect of planning for it because I agree that if you're going to figure it out on that Sunday, you're just most likely going to throw it away or yeah, have a, have a easy solution because it is usually very fun and tiring weekend. One thing that I recommend, and because we travel a lot and outside of just Hindu is we always ask the Airbnb um, hosts if the, if we can leave things for the cleaners that are, because usually they have cleaners that are coming um, and like leaving a little note just being like, Hey, this is, you know, what we're left. And usually that's once you, if you ask beforehand, usually they're really welcoming to that and they're, they're accepting that. And so that's one way, but I love the food bank um, idea as well, just to like kind of have an idea of where it is to be able to go after the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'd never thought of doing that with Airbnb. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It's a good idea. And actually to that point also, I think it's often worth checking in advance what you know some airbnbs they stock like you know salt and pepper and oil and whatever you know basic cooking things so it's also worth checking do you have any of this already for us so that we don't just buy more of it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly so and i also think as you said this is like a just meant to be a beautiful weekend and so the more kind of thoughtful well-intentioned things you do, the better everybody's going to feel about it. I've gone to Hindus where that's totally been the vibe and you feel that. And then to others where it's like, as you said, we spend too much money. We bought like so many little things that we're just stuffing in our suitcase and are going to throw away at home. Um, so I think generally everybody just also feels better out of it when that's what is being created. And I think that like, you know, perhaps it's also nice to kind of maybe point out to the other guests when they arrive, like we have made a conscious effort to avoid this. Like, you know, it's so, let me also be clear. I am an absolute sucker for a theme and for like (laughs) trinkets. And, you know, I love all of this stuff. I love putting together like party gift bags and party bags and stuff like that. I do think that they're like the part, the hen party, hen party, party bag. That's Anyway, the Hindu party bag or bachelorette party bag thing is kind of getting out of hand. Like it's so beautiful, the things that people are creating to give to everyone. But again, like nobody necessarily needs those things. And they might be things that like don't get used again in the future. But like perhaps now there's an expectation that you arrive to some a certain like welcome gift at an event like this. But then maybe to avoid this kind of sense of expectation, actually making a point of saying, chosen not to create gift bags. Maybe you can you can you can find something that's like nice and simple and sustainable. Like give everyone a plant that they can take away and put and plant at the you know, next week, and and actually keep it living and and really sweet reminder of the weekend, but not like tons of like sweets and and paracetamols and face masks and this and that that like. It's really nice to have them, but in the end of the day, is this what makes a difference to the 
the overall and the real fun that we're going to have when we're together like probably not Mm -hmm. and sense of being a little bit more like virtuous and and mindful can feel really nice I love that. It's making me think of, um, I was just in France and I saw a, a friend of mine who had just gone to a bachelorette weekend and they decided to do very little of those things. But one thing that they did do is uh, they each needed to pick a gift uh, that was meaningful to the bride between, I think it was like 10 euro, like so, a small thing, but that would have uh, some kind of meaning and they made a game out of it, which I, I had never heard of this. Maybe you've heard of it, but it's the bride had to like pick out a, one gift and guess who it was from and what the story was behind it. And so what she was telling me is that it created such a cool way of retelling a lot of stories that otherwise you don't like talk about um, through these little gifts. And it was super meaningful. And, you know, one of them was like a book or like a keychain, like little things. But for her, she's leaving with like, I don't know, five, 10 little things that are so meaningful so I really like that idea. That's so nice. Yeah, I've never heard of that. So cute. Um, amazing. So you talked about at the beginning, the fact that you really got into this from a volunteering angle and giving back. Can you talk to us about how you would bring this into a, a Hindu weekend? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's certainly scales of it and and different people will obviously have, you know, different availabilities in terms of time and you know or just the capacity in terms of the interest of everybody um going it's something they really want to do but i think on its largest scale you where you would basically be finding an activity for people to do like i mentioned before flower crowns cocktail making um outdoor sports event activities you can tell that's not my personal <laughs> Um, you know, instead of maybe just, and I'm going to say something actually quite cynical here that like, you know, sometimes, and in my personal experience, having planned a lot of hen parties, you can find yourself sort of saying, oh my gosh, we just need something for everyone to do on Saturday afternoon. We know we need to keep everyone occupied. We can't just sit around in this house all weekend. Like, and it needs to be budget friendly because the budget is always kind of tight. So what on earth can we find to do? Like, it could be anything. I just need something. It's, it can sometimes get to that. And so in that aspect, I think that volunteering can be an amazing solution to this. Um, and also just like a really beautiful option. It comes in so many shapes and sizes. You know, you could be um, helping on a community farm or city farms. And again, what I would recommend is that you think about what are truly the interests of the bride or the causes that she cares about. If she loves animals, maybe you can go and help at some farm or like a dog shelter or something like that. Um, If you're staying near the coast, maybe you can all just spend 30 minutes doing a beach cleanup. And you don't, you know, you don't have to be collaborating with a charity or have anybody else involved to do that you can just say hey we're going to go do this for half an hour or an hour and you know it's really nice because it gets you kind of out in nature you're leaving with more than you came with which I think is really nice we're going to lovely locations and it's nice to feel like we respect them Mm. and care about them yeah and also if you're more kind of like um maybe like crafty or indoorsy there's loads of sort of hands-on things you can do my 
brand and my business particularly is focused on the UK. So a lot of my examples are UK focused, but you would find this in these kinds of things in most countries, I would imagine. Um, but, you know, you can design, make cards or, or buy cards that are already designed and, and elaborate them and just send posts to children who are severely unwell. There's a charity in the UK called Post Pals who that are dedicated to doing mm. that. And you can just go on the website and pick a child. You could send them a post from anywhere in the world. And, you know, all of you together could just spend like, you know, a couple of hours designing beautiful posts and letters and then sending it all off. And, you know, you've done some volunteering, but it doesn't feel really like volunteering. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Like, I really, really, I think it's such a special charity, that one. I love that idea as well, that there are lots of things that you can do that mean that, um, you know, you don't have to go to another venue, you don't have to travel, mm-hmm. you can do it from the venue or the venue that you're all staying at together if you want to. Um, you know, volunteering doesn't have to mean going on site somewhere, getting your hands dirty or being super active as well. Um, so, yeah, and that's what I try to share on the site is all sorts of different ways that you could get involved and do volunteering. So some of those like more time dependent, like, or require a little more time invested in them are some things, but also you can do very simple things. It could just be, um, not necessarily volunteering, but you know, we want to feel that we give back. So we're going to do a collection for a charity. Um, there's a charity in the UK called beauty banks who collect, personal hygiene items, soap and shampoo and toothpaste and so on. And then they they distribute it to other charities like refugee charities, food banks, women's shelters and so on to pass on personal hygiene products to people who can't afford them. So, um, you know, in your hen party, you could just ask everybody to bring one or two items with them Mm. and then make a collection together. And then somebody just needs to drop off a drop off point. Yeah, so easy. Yeah, super easy. It maybe costs you five pounds less if you two pounds if you if you want to um in as much time as the next time you're in the grocery store grabbing a bottle of shampoo to take with you on the hen weekend at the weekend you know it doesn't even need any real investment but you're making you know collectively if there's 10 or 15 of you on a hen party collectively what you're doing is making such a huge impact for other people but it's been so simple for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the, there's a charity here in San Francisco called Simply the Basics, which it does similar. They distribute these pack, these hygiene packs to homeless shelters, um, specifically women homeless shelters. And a lot of times they need help just somebody with people like creating the packs. Um, and I remember we did that with my old company of just like spending a day, um, but you could even just do it for like an hour or two. And so a lot of times time is what is needed. Right. So as you said, it's really, it can be really small investments or just, yeah, spending the time to do that. I love that. And I love the nature one. I mean, nature is very, very, very important to me in my life. Um, but I love the idea of a beach clean cleanup, like even in a park or in a city, right. If you're doing a city, there's trash everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really beautiful. And I would say, you know, if you're doing something like a litter pick, like, that, that makes it sound a bit gross, actually. But like, essentially, you probably gonna go and walk in a park and have a beautiful walk and pick up little bits of trash here and there. And I would recommend just contacting your local council or local authority or whoever takes care of that park. And they I'm not making any promises, but like some of them may have 
resources available like the litter pickers and we'll give mm. you sort of bags to make the collections and stuff in as well so it's you know it's worth just approaching those organizations and asking them and just informing and saying this is what we're planning to do and they I mean I'm sure they're going to love your help and they may well have some resources to help you do that. Yeah, that's great. And I also love the idea, as you said at the beginning, of thinking of the interests of the bride, right? And like, what are things, whether it's, you know, children or like, what are the things that she really cares about and how can we show that we're like supporting her values throughout this weekend and spending the time to do something that she really cares? I think maybe segueing a little bit into another topic is you talked about uh, when we previously had a conversation about that beautiful kind of magic that is created when women are together. And I have been to both types of Hindus, some which are you leave with like new best friends and it's just amazing and everybody gets so long. And then others where it's really awkward. There's tension. You know, people might be like thinking about their own interests and not the bride's interest. I know you have a lot to say about both of those things. Can you share from your experience and advising others um, some examples and what you've learned? Yeah, I mean, I think personally, I, I think I have been very fortunate in that I've attended uh, hem parties that have felt just like really good vibes. Yeah, I think like kind of you already touched on it, but when there's tension and when there's kind of maybe disagreements and so on it does often come from a place of like people wanting to serve perhaps their own interests and and I get it right like you know these weekends often cost a lot of money and sometimes it does feel like a mini vacation and you want to treat it as such for yourself so you want to feel like you're kind of getting out of it what feels worth it for you but at the end of the day, you have been invited there to celebrate like a specific person and, and celebrate them, them getting married and their perhaps their sort of journey to getting there. And I think that that's the most important thing to remember is that, you know, ultimately we're here for them or we're here for her. I think th those are the hen weekends that then go on to just be like really sweet and like fun and positive because you're sort of all focusing your energy and your sort of love towards that person I believe a lot in sort of like energy and stuff like that but I think like energetically that's creating something really powerful rather than sort of perhaps like it feeling a little more broken when people are bothered by certain things which in the end like it's unlikely that you're going to be ever going on a, on a weekend that's actually going to be like bad. Like it might not be your favorite thing to do, but like if you can take a step back and say, okay, like this wouldn't be my first choice, but like this is still a really nice restaurant or this is a still a really nice meal or a really nice, it's not, I don't love baking cakes. I'm not a baker, <laughs> but do you know what? Like it's a nice thing to do with everyone, even though it's not my first choice. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And the example I used earlier of um, the bride reusing, I actually didn't even think to say, but it's Steph who introduced us. Um, yeah. And um, her, her bachelorette weekend was so much of that of like everybody also coming up with ideas with the things that they 
how they connect with her. When you think about it and when we look back, it was like simple things, but it just, we had so much fun doing them. Um, like somebody created a kind of like Olympic style. There was two teams and we did, you know, like you have to throw an egg and not break it. Um, the like backs, like the sack races and all these things. And again, was quite simple, but it was just so much fun. And everybody was, as you said, putting great energy and in like being funnily competitive. And, um, and it's also easy to get to know each other that way in like a game and fun and joyful play. And then one of my favorites of my own Hindu, the whole thing was so special. Like my cheeks hurt from so much smiling uh, (laughs) at the end of it. But one of the things that I loved is at uh, one night we just had like drinks and in the house, um, the place that they had rented and they, um, did a game where they asked my husband or back then fiance, a bunch of questions and videoed him. And like, I had to say the answer before watching his answer. And we were just laughing so much and they were asking me questions and it was just such a beautiful moment of like, some of them knew things. Some of them were like, no, for sure. It's going to be that of like, again, getting (laughs) to know each other and getting to know how each other knows the bride um, in this scenario. And then the other thing is a really good uh, friend of mine, one of my bridesmaids couldn't make it, but she's a yoga teacher. And so one of the days they were like, oh yeah, we're going to have a yoga class, um, be ready at whatever time. And then when I went up there, it was her on Zoom and she taught us yoga. And it was so special. Like I'm also a yoga teacher. I love yoga. But like it would not have been the same to have a random yoga teacher come, but just to have her who obviously wasn't able to be there. And it was such a special moment. And then after she, um, we shared, like everybody shared their intention for why we're here and we were all crying and it was super emotional. Um, so it was such a, yeah, like small little examples that even though, you know, yes, we were all together. My bridesmaids tend to be all from different countries. So I know that it was a cost to like everybody get to one place, but then some of these little examples that um, you can do from anywhere. And that really meant a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think like, um, I, I love seeing those like friend, new friendships that bloom and connections that bloom like on these weekends and like, you know, often as well, like the, the, I think, you may not all know each other, but you've probably all heard each other's names over sure. the years yeah. as well. To kind of put faces to names or like personalities to names. And um, yeah, any of those kinds of like little games and activities that like get people sharing um, are really nice. Like the one you said earlier about like buying the gifts, often one that I encourage is it's simpler than that. Like you just at some point maybe like at a dinner or when you're having drinks somewhere, um, just give everyone like one or two pieces of paper and everybody has to write down like a sweet or a funny memory of the bride. And then you fold, you don't put your name on them and you fold them all up and then she just reads them out. Oh, um, that's so sweet. And, and like, you know, it's like, you just bring up really nice memories. Everyone kind of learns a bit about each other. Usually people have a laugh doing it. And yeah, it's, it's super sweet. I love that. That's beautiful. So we talked a little bit about like fashion and outfits and things. I know that you have a great recommendation if people want to get some matching t-shirts. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes, I can. Thank you for that. Like, uh, that sweet segue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so actually it was something that I always wanted to tackle was this idea of like kind of 
yeah, the the one use fashion that goes on hen parties are not necessarily so much like, you know, the fashion pieces like clothing that you might that potentially you could rewear again. But there is indeed like always often a trend for matching shirts, mm-hmm. um, often personalized ones. And it's always been kind of a bugbear of mine, like see, seeing those, knowing that like they're so quickly relegated to like the pajama drawer or the <laughs> gym drawer once you you know once you're done with the weekend um and then i recently discovered earlier this year this um business in the uk called t-mill who they essentially they're a t-shirt printing factory but they print everything on demand so there's never t-shirts produced that don't get bought like they're always printed in the moment and not and and you know they're certified organic cotton the factory is run on renewable energy they're super, super sustainable in all the ways that they can be. So I love that aspect. But in addition to that, if you buy T-shirts from them, one of which I am modeling today, when you are done with it, because, some, you know, for something, if your T-shirt says bride on it, you're unlikely to wear that once you're married. <laughs> and indeed, you might want to hold on to it for sentimental reasons. But if you decide that you don't want to, with T-Mill, you can scan the QR code inside the t-shirt and then send it back to them and they will reuse that material to make it into fabric for new t-shirts. So you get a fully circular process with them and you can also buy t-shirts made from the recycled fabric as well if you want to, to really support that circularity. Um, So, you know, with that in mind, I was like, this is amazing for me. This is like the answer to so many problems in in this particular topic so yeah so i created my own line of sustainable hen party t-shirts and you can find them at henparty-t-shirts.com and they ship to most countries around the world as well so like it's not exclusive to the uk even though that's where i founded it from um and there's some really sweet designs um and i also try to encourage and put out designs that perhaps you would want to rewear so you might wear them for mm, a while so that's cool we're actually very soon, maybe this or next week, we're going to launch a couple more designs. We have, we're going to have one that has a banana and one that has an eggplant kind of emoji <laughs> style, um, which I think is like a little tongue in cheek. It's a little bit cheeky, but it's like not um, too obvious either. <laughs> They're not necessarily 100% personalized. It doesn't say Amy's Hen Weekend on it. But if everybody gets the same one and they're all matching, that alone like brings together the really cohesive look that usually is the thing that people are after anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's so beautiful. That's amazing. For sure. I'm sure a bunch of people are going to want to jump on that. And that they are also, yeah, t-shirts that you could reuse just because when they are the personalized, like Amy's Hindu, that's when you're not necessarily going to wear it again. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to designs that could. Um, so that's really cool. I love it. Any kind of last thoughts or ideas or things we didn't touch on for anybody who might be planning their Hindu this summer or next year or whenever? Yeah, anything else that we didn't cover that you want to leave people with? I would say, first of all, I mean, we have already touched on it, but what I would say as a reminder is just don't forget to when you're planning the hen weekend, you know, and speaking to people who are planning, they're probably not the bride themselves because usually it's tasked to the bridesmaids or somebody else to plan the hen weekend. Um, so for, for the people who are planning, don't forget to think about what your bride would actually want to do and to think about her interests and the causes or the values that are close to her. 
it can be tempting to do what you think is a good idea, but ultimately it should be about her or about them and celebrating them as an individual. Um, so I always give that as my top recommendation. Um, and then I just recommend, you know, trying to be as organized and communicative as possible with people. Um, and that's for me, in my experience, is how they run smoothly, setting expectations with people up front, being open and about, you know, the budget, we expect it to cost this much, maybe try and take it in installments. And so you can tell people, you know, we expect to ask you for a hundred pounds in August and then another hundred pounds in November and 50 at the end, or that kind of tees up to what we land on as the end of the budget. And I have some resources on the website at henswithheart.com um, to help you with that. Actually, I have a free hen party planning mm. kit that involve, you know, in, has lots of those tips and has like a, a budget tracker. It's like the one I've used forever. So it's like, literally, it's literally like my Excel spreadsheet that I've put instructions in that should help you kind of keep track of things. And I think that can help to just take the stress out. And then that's what can help, help make the hen party really, really fun. Yeah. Having a tool to help people plan the things that are not as fun to plan, like the budget. Right. Um, and obviously I've had times where, you know, you're, we all have busy lives. Um, I actually had three Hindus, including my own or additional to my own. I can't remember. Plus my wedding last summer. Um, so it was a really, really busy time. And so being as organized as possible was really helpful. And as you said, I think communication is key, like, especially when you're in different parts, having calls and just um, having moments of like also getting to know each other. Cause it can, I have been in situations where actually most of them, I didn't fully like know them that well. And so being able to just like have a call to get to know each other first and be like, Hey, this is who I am <laughs> before kind of going into planning mode. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it, it can feel a bit uncomfortable, I think, when you're just kind of launch in with people, you know, or you suddenly get this WhatsApp from someone who you have never met before, who's asking you for like $150 or something. <laughs> I encourage to, you know, like make a WhatsApp group, be, you know, friendly and sort of welcoming and chatty, like before you kind of get down to business with everyone, just make everyone, you know, feel a little excited about what's being planned and yeah just kind of like spread a bit of kind of good vibes before you get get to the kind of business part of the conversation mm -hmm. if you if you will yeah I mean your top tip of really it's about what the bride would want and I think when you think about that a lot of times like spending the money isn't what you're thinking of it's really about getting together and doing the really intention well-intentioned and um, thought through kind of activities that we talked about of examples so that you can just be there for her and, and have a good time together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in the end, like, honestly, in all of my experience going on hen parties, like it doesn't even matter what you do. Yeah. Like in the end, like, being together is the fun thing. And you don't, you wouldn't even notice if you were doing this or if you were doing that, like you would be having the same fun because it's about all of those people who are together. Um, and so, and just, you know, being in like that energy and that fun sort of loving sharing mood, um, you know, whatever you end up doing, it's always going to feel great and really, really nice. And if you do end up picking something that is, you know, closer to some volunteering or some way of giving back, you're going kind to of sharing a bit of that like energy out with everyone else in the world as well. Mm -hmm. 
really adds to that feeling. Like it doesn't take away from it when you go and give back to other people. Like it actually amplifies that feeling for you. It's really, really special. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love it. All right. We're getting to the end and I always end with a little rapid fire. Um, so there's a, a few questions before we do, where can people find you? We'll obviously put all the links. Um, but maybe you want to share like a handle or something where people can easily get to you. Yes. Thank you. Um, you can find me on all social media, just at hens with heart. Um, and at henswithheart.com as well. You can go straight to the website. Perfect. I love it. So this podcast is called Unlock Your Vitality. Um, so how do you unlock your vitality these days? Is there like any habit or something that you're exploring that kind of feeds that energy within you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I in the last kind of year or so, I started like properly training in the gym. And mm-hmm. I think that that has something that I find really just is a big like pick me up energy wise um always and also i've discovered using the sauna like a 20 minutes a week really just yeah like kind of gets the blood pumping around the body in a different way yeah it's such a good detox it's it's amazing for the Mm -hmm. body that's awesome i love that what is on your nightstand currently i well i always have next to me my journal and then also a five minute journal which honestly I admittedly I haven't written in for a long time. <laughs> and um clarity and connection by young pueblo mm-hmm. I always have that stand and I tend to just flip it open to a random page every evening and just read something and like a nice quarterly foot cream like I think it's lavender scented one love that is, yeah Amazing. What are you saying no to these days? Is there something you've had to like say no, set a boundary recently? Do you know what? I think I probably say no to social plans more than I used to. Mm. I do love socializing and I love being super social, um, but I have realized that I can then get burnt out from it if I do it too many days in a row. So I've got much better at saying no when I recognize where it's going to be my limit for the week and have to just decline other plans or push them out into, into other, other weeks. Yeah. I love that. I definitely feel the same. And the last one is if you could go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like there's time for everything and (laughs) it's all going to work out. So just, yeah, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the process. I think we could all use that (laughs) for sure. Thank you so much, Amy. This was such a beautiful conversation. I'm so excited for people to hear it, to connect with it, and to get beautiful ideas of how to create their next Hindu. Thank you so much for being on. All right, guys. Bye and see you next week. 